I feel like I'm fixing to die. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast Meatloaf sang about in Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. When the clerk asks if he needs a bag, he says, I'm already married. Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Uh, You may remember from the last episode that we are in the midst of a horrible winter in Arizona. It's raining. It's probably going to be snowing. Now, it's not going to be that cold, but it is cloudy and bleak and depressing. I've gotten used to it, though, so I feel much better, and I'm not going to be the, uh, the Debbie Downer that you heard on the last episode. But I do want to say that you may be facing an encounter with Medicare, and that may be bringing you down. If it is, and if you need some encouragement, if you need a a lift up, then I suggest that you purchase Medicare for the Lazy Man. And the current edition is 2023. You're going to find all the knowledge that you need to handle Medicare, to deal with your encounter with Medicare, and to come out the winner. I suggest also that if you purchase the Medicare for the Lazy Man Audible book, you'll get to absorb this knowledge without doing any work. If you purchase the Medicare Kindle version, you'll be able to access all that knowledge instantly for less than $4. Or if you want to acquire that knowledge in a permanent, a more permanent, uh, uh, valuable repository, then you could do no worse than to, uh, or no better than to spend $22 on the hardcover version, Medicare for the Lazy Man comes in a hardcover version with color illustrations. Or you can go to Barnes & Noble and buy the paperback for $9. Uh, that is available at either of those two stores. And once you have acquired the book, once you have read the book, which is not going to take you very much time, you will have become a Medicare expert. And uh, how do I know this? Because I will confer upon you the title of Medicare expert. So, Get to reading, get to buying, get to reading. More importantly, let's help you. I will help you prepare for your encounter with Medicare so that your encounter it becomes a, a source of pride and joy, and you will have excellent protection against medical expenses for all the rest of your days. Speaking of excellent uh, things, I have a uh, an excellent engineer that helps me make this podcast sound kind of professional and very, very good. His name is Randy Carson, and he is uh, sitting right on the other side of the screen. Hello, Randy. Good to see you again. Good morning, Doug. How are you? I think I'm going to be okay. How do you think I am? Uh, well, I know that it's 54 degrees out. So. Okay. 54 at your house. I'm up uh, higher in elevation than you are. My computer is telling me that whatever weather station it taps into, it's only 48 degrees. Oh, my God. Yep, 48 degrees. It's dropping as we speak. We better hurry. (laughs) Let's let's, uh, get to work here before we... Oh, no, we have some entertaining things to do first. We have some entertainment first. So let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and use another one of our stupid state laws. Yeah, stupid laws. I do like them. 
So I am going to go pick out one that I, I can't, I think we've done a little bit of jumping around here. So it's, it's a little bit of problem for finding out one I haven't used yet, but um, have we talked about South Carolina? I don't recall. I don't think we have. So let's go right ahead. Okay. Well, there's a law on the books in South Carolina that says railroad companies must not do what? Oh, boy. Blow their whistles when they're passing by churches. Uh, no. Where did that come from? No. <laughs> not, even, <laughs> not even partial credit for that one, huh? Uh, no. Well, n- now, you know, the a- interactions between civilians and railroad trains is often deadly. Usually the trains win if there's a tie so I expected that it was going to be something that the trains do that causes people to be distracted. Uh, in Illinois, they pass some kind of law that makes the trains blow their whistles more often. And, of course, local residents object to that because they don't like to be disturbed. So it's a, always a constant balancing act. So my mind went right to uh, train whistles or train uh, signals. And I'm guessing that now what you're going to tell me is that it's a uh, Engineers aren't allowed to eat peanut butter sandwiches while they're uh, on duty or something weird like that. It's that's close, but it you're just a, not really on target, but it was close. Okay. So so here we go. In South Carolina, railroad companies must not scare horses. All right. Well, sure. That All makes right. perfect sense. So here sense. we go. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of detail here. So just in case you're ever on a train going or, through South Carolina. Or operating a train. Or if you're operating the, a train. If you're the engineer, I'm guessing yeah. that's that's you who this law applies to. You, you can't do this. According to Title 58, Chapter 17, Section 58-17-3360. Oh, too fast. Let me write this down. <laughs> Come on. Of the state law of South Carolina. Electric hand lanterns shall be used in switching and moving trains. I don't know what oh. that has to do with carrying horses, but also the removal of hand or lever cars from the track and leaving it near a crossing shall be unlawful. Don't know what that has to do with carrying horses. Mm, so far, any railroad company shall be liable for damages for any horse frightened as a result of the violation of the provisions of this section by any of its employees. Jeez, that's pretty strict. So no hand cars allowed to be derailed near intersections? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to watch out where you're using your lantern. I mean, this is is pretty serious stuff. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you right now, as a lover of railroads, I have to say that I would probably just keep my train out of South Carolina. Seems like it'd be too easy to run afoul of the law there. Yeah, yeah. I I can imagine because I love trains too, and all of these things I would be doing. I, I mean, yeah. you would think you would you would think you know if you're not gonna if you're the whole purpose of the law is to avoid scaring horses. Right, right, right. Not blowing your whistle might be one of them at the wrong time. That would be a certainly more effective, I think, uh, course of action. Don't blow your whistle in the presence of horses. But if if uh, the purpose of the law is to avoid scaring horses, I'm saying tell the horse owners to keep the horses away from areas that might scare them. Yes, I agree. That's what I would suggest. I totally. And, so there you go. So there's uh, there's our law right. our that, law learning for the day. Some of the stupid laws are actually pretty good, like not allowing the mayor of Oklahoma City to go on strike. 
But this South Carolina railroad thing, not scaring the horses, that is truly a stupid law. So congratulations yeah. for a successful. What state was it that you can't have a picnic in a graveyard? What state was oh, that? Yeah, that was one of the southern states. <laughs> that I forget. <laughs> yep, that was uh, that was a good one. And also another state you cannot dress up as a clergyman. Yes. It was a fairly stiff penalty for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like six months in jail or something. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, All right. Well, you know something? We got to get going here because yeah. the 75-cent clock is running. So I'm going to go ahead and mute myself out, and you can do some important stuff with Medicare. Here we go. I hope this is important. I thought this might be important when I found the article, and then I handed it over to the content curator who uh, passes judgment on everything I talk about on this uh, podcast. The headline is chest pain on the left side, the causes and when to contact a doctor. So if you have chest pain on the left side of your chest, uh, it's often due to muscular injury, but it can also indicate a heart attack or a lung problem or inflammation of the lining around a person's heart. Chest pain on the left side can occur for many reasons. This includes underlying heart, digestive, or lung conditions. It could also be due to a muscular injury. If a person suspects that the chest pain may be due to a heart attack, it's advisable to receive immediate medical attention. This article that I'm reading right now will cover the potential causes and symptoms of chest pain on the left side. So first of all, when to seek emergency help. Um, it can be difficult to identify whether chest pain is the sign of a heart attack. However, there are three indications that chest pain may not be a heart attack. Specific location, if the pain is coming from one particular place, it's not likely to be a heart attack. So it's not general, it is from a specific location. Or if it's worsening, chest pain associated with a heart attack does not get worse with breathing. And the third way to tell that it's not a heart attack, if it's varying locations, chest pain associated with a heart attack may spread between the shoulder blades and into the arms and jaw, but it does not move from one side to the other. So then the headline is, is it a heart attack? Heart attacks occur when there is a lack of blood supply to the heart. Symptoms include chest pain, pressure, or tightness. Pain that may spread to arms, leg, jaw, or back. Nausea and vomiting. Sweaty or clammy skin. Heartburn and indigestion. Shortness of breath. Coughing or wheezing. Lightheadedness or dizziness. Anxiety that can feel similar to a panic attack. If someone has these symptoms, dial 911 uh, and stay with them until the emergency services arise. If a person stops breathing before emergency services arrive, perform manual chest compressions. Doesn't say anything about, uh, Randy's yucking it up over there. I don't know what the hell. Lay it on us. What, what did you see that I didn't see in this uh, very morose <laughs> article? <laughs> I have a really strange sense of humor, as you know. And you said, when if the pain stops before the emergency people arrive, just yeah. don't, don't bother. <laughs> no, no, it says if, if the person stops breathing. Oh, yeah. Don't you call the emergency people say, don't bother. We don't <laughs> <Yeah>. need you. <laughs> save, save the fuel. Go back to the station. <laughs> it, I, have a very, I have a very strange sense of humor, as you well, know. Here, I was thinking with horror, I don't want to have to give anybody I don't know uh, mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And I was, 
I was you're relieved. <laughs> I was relieved. That, yeah, you're you're gonna die. I was relieved <laughs> to see that this this uh, sentence ends with "you only perform <laughs> manual chest compression." It doesn't say anything about mouth to mouth resuscitation. So I was happy to see that. That's like that old joke with the guy gets bit by a rattlesnake. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> his friend, good news. You're gonna his, die. <laughs> his friend runs into town and goes, uh, "My friend was was bitten on his organ. <laughs> what do I do? Well, you gotta." you know, suck the blood out. And he runs back and goes, what did, what did the doctor say? Well, doctor said, you're going to die. <laughs> okay, right, here we go. Turn that, we turn gotta, that, off. We gotta get turn that back microphone to off. Mute yourself, please. So I've got a list of several things here. Uh, oh, here's how, this is how to do chest compressions. I'd say, uh, you know, let them go if they're, if they're in that kind of shape. Uh, gastrointestinal pain. Acid reflux and gastroesophageal reflux disease are common causes of left side chest pain. Um, difficulty, other symptoms may include difficulty or pain when swallowing, a sour taste in the mouth, and sudden excess of saliva, belching, or sore throat. Randy's starting to yuck it up again. Boy, he's enjoying this article. If I had known how much fun he would have listening to this, I would have trotted this one out a long time ago. Uh, how about esophageal rupture, also known as esophageal perforation? This describes a tear or hole in the esophagus. This is a medical emergency that may cause non-cardiac chest pain. This condition occurs when the tube that connects the mouth and the stomach tears. This enables food or fluids from the mouth to leak into the chest around the lungs. Sometimes a person may experience this type of injury after extreme vomiting or experiencing physical trauma around the esophagus. Other symptoms of esophageal rupture can include faster or labored breathing, fever and chills, vomiting, difficulty swallowing, low blood pressure and rapid heart rate, or air bubbles under the skin. Now here's another cause of left side chest pain, musculoskeletal injuries. There are many types of injury to soft tissues or bones in the chest that can cause left side chest pain. An example could be a broken rib um, or an inflammation of the cartilage surrounding a rib. Uh, if a person has something like that, some of the signs will be hearing or feeling a cracking sensation related to the ribs, pain that usually worsens when breathing. Now, Randy's young, Jesus, can you not only mute yourself, can you turn your photograph off your your picture, swelling or tenderness at a specific area or visible bruising. Now, pericarditis, I know that's a pretty painful condition. Pericarditis is a medical condition that rates, results from inflammation in the pericardium, which is the tissue that holds the heart. The layers that usually guide each other against, uh, uh, glide against each other effortlessly, uh, allowing the heart to beat. However, if the layers become inflamed, a person may experience left side chest pain, particularly when breathing in. I would call that inhaling. Some people may describe the pain as a dull ache or pressure in their chest. Additional pericarditis symptoms can include fever, coughing, weakness, fatigue, heart palpitations, leg swelling, shoulder pain, as well as chest pain. Shortness of breath. While the exact cause of it is unknown, pericarditis may occur um, after a respiratory or digestive system infection or the, as the result of an autoimmune condition. Pleurisy, P-L-E-U-R-I-S-Y. Pleurisy is a condition 
where the tissues around the lungs become inflamed. This can cause a sharp pain in the chest, especially when breathing. Other symptoms include coughing, shortness of breath, same old symptoms that all these other things cause. Pain that worsens with coughing, sneezing, or moving. Pain in the shoulder. Pleurisy may develop if a person experiences lung inflammation due to flu, pneumonia, or tuberculosis. Other possible causes may include certain cancers, chest trauma, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, lupus, and blood clots. Pneumothorax. A pneumothorax is also known as a collapsed lung or a punctured lung. This can occur spontaneously, collapsing a small portion of the lung or the lung in almost its entirety. In addition to chest pain, other symptoms are becoming easily fatigued, blue or ashen skin, rapid heart rate, shortness of breath, shallow breathing. Finally, diagnosis. Left-sided chest pain has many potential causes. A doctor will consider a person's medical history and symptoms when making a diagnosis. A doctor may also perform physical examination on the chest, the heart, lungs, neck, and abdomen. After the physical exam, the doctor may order a variety of tests, including an electrocardiogram, an x-ray, a complete blood count, a uh, CT scan, or an ultrasound. And the treatment, finally, we get to the treatment of left side chest pain. It'll depend on the underlying cause. For gastrointestinal pain, such as GERD, uh, the treatment typically includes medications, including proton pump inhibitors. I've heard that if you take proton pump inhibitors for any length of time, your uh, percentage of chance of dementia increases to something like 30 or 35% greater chance of uh, contracting dementia as you age. So I would stay away from proton pump inhibitors unless that's your only possible uh, solution. So the summary, although several conditions other than a heart attack may still be a medical emergency, such as esophageal rupture and pneumothorax. Uh, if a person's symptoms are severe and they're having trouble breathing, they should seek immediate medical attention. Okay, well, but the whole thing is nice to know you're not having a heart attack, but <laughs> the bad news is all those other things are kind of serious as well. Here's a an article that applies to me but does not apply to Randy, and uh, it uses a pejorative term that um, I find quite offensive. I'm not happy to be called this from uh, local Arizonans, but the the uh, headline of the article is, How Can Snowbirds Find Quality Health Care? Hmm. Um, let's see here. If Let's see. The author of this article says, not only had I lived my entire life in Minnesota, but I also had worked for my 25-year health care career there. As a patient, I always trusted I was safe. As a nurse, the weight on my shoulders to be fully competent in all areas and get everything done was always heavy. I never thought about how Minnesota ranked uh, compared to other states, but if the stress put on nurses there to do all to do it all while doing it well was any indication, I should have known we had something to prove. My family moved to Texas last year. Good health care was an unconscious expectation and not a consideration in our decision to relocate. I was stopped in my medical knowledge, uh, my medical knowledge tracks quickly, though, by the healthcare culture shock, if you will. So, trusting a new healthcare team for winter travelers who need medical care year-round can be scary. 
with another winter approaching, I began thinking about all the snowbirds that would soon move to their southern winter abode before Minnesota's blustery wind chills set in. How would retirees who didn't know anything but the best get the quality of care they needed if I, a longtime registered nurse, couldn't instantly pick up on the laxness of southern health care and recognize that I needed to advocate? This sounds very insulting to southerners. Healthcare quality varies by state. The United States healthcare system is often a point of public criticism. More than 70% of Americans feel failed by it. Well, crybabies. High costs, low insurance coverage, and lack of time with healthcare providers are just a few grievances on patients' extensive litany. Well, that's not the fault of insurance uh, or the healthcare system. That's a fault of your insurance agent uh, if you've got crappy health insurance. Going along with the article, Forbes in 2023 published a healthcare ranking list for all 50 states based on 24 metrics in four broad categories healthcare access, healthcare outcomes, healthcare cost, and quality of hospital care. Minnesota ranked as the best state in the union for healthcare with no marks against it. Texas ranked uh, pretty close to the bottom, according to this article. Overall, southern states ranked more poorly than northern states. Seven of the ten worst-ranked states are in the south. Uh, health insurance and services. Millions of older people, about 5.5% of Medicare participants, migrate between two homes yearly to enjoy retirement benefits. Some are motivated to retrieve, no, to relive, relieve cold-weather physical symptoms, such as winter-induced respiratory illnesses or arthritis, while some still need year-long medical management of their health conditions. Whether you are healthy or in need of regular care, knowing the details of your health insurance plan will be helpful when it's time to see someone other than your usual doctor. So some types of insurance plans to consider, Medicare and health insurance. Find physicians and locate uh, locations that are in your primary insurance and Medicare. Ne well, you never have to worry about that. If you have Medicare and a Medicare supplement, you're allowed to go see any doctor that will treat people and accept Medicare as reimbursement. And that's about 94% of all doctors. So I'm going to stop the insurance part of it right there. Although it does say something about travel medical insurance. Travel insurance is for shorter trips. However, it may be useful for taking a trip or vacation while living in your winter home. Oh boy, well, I'm thinking about travel insurance that covers you in a foreign country because Medicare will not cover you in a foreign country. Uh, digital game changer. Many snowbirds are younger retirees with higher education and income. So technology may not be harder to access and uh, transferring information online. One study on older seasonal migrations or mig migrants um, found that winter travelers had higher rates of emergency room visits than non-seasonal migrators. Many visits were not for emergencies. A primary care physician could have treated the ailment. However, many of the winter migrants did have primary care physicians at their, or did not have primary care physicians at their summer domicile. Nope, they had them there but not in the wintertime. Those who had established primary care in their warm seasonal homes had reduced unnecessary ER visits by 58%. Adding a secondary care team in near your winter home can be manageable with the internet 
cell phones, and mobile apps. There are some tips at how you can keep your primary care at your fingertips to set up and utilize secondary care at your home away from home. Telehealth and e-visits, mail prescriptions, uh, your prescription drug plan that you get as part of Medicare has uh, a mail order uh, option, and you can certainly use that to have your prescriptions mailed to you in your winter home. Universal health information systems. Many major health systems use the same medical record software. With uh, consent from the patient, care teams can see your medical records from other providers. And patient portals, using your health care organization's patient portal to view, download, and print, visit medication uh, lists, allergies, test results, and stuff like that. Sounds like a solution to the problem. Here are some tips and to-dos. Taking the time to make and check off your to-do list well before your departure will keep you organized and have your necessary documents handy. Here are some tips to get you started. Take a picture of your insurance card with your phone and store it in your phone's digital photo album. Also keep a hard copy on you. Designate one of your home locations as your primary home. Get your uh, annual visits or checkups at your primary location at least a month before leaving to allow time to complete tests and follow-ups. Schedule planned surgeries and uh, procedures at least three months before traveling to allow for the recovery and the follow-up. See your annual specialists in your primary home state, but know where to find ones in your winter state if an urgent visit is needed. Request a three-month prescription refill just before departure. Research the in-network providers in your state, uh, your winter state. After choosing one, complete the new patient former online uh, forms online or print hard copies. You don't need to worry about in-network providers in your winter state if you have Medicare and a Medicare supplement. Almost all doctors will be available to you. So you can skip that step if you're smart enough to have original Medicare plus a Medicare supplement. Another step, familiarize yourself with nearby hospitals, emergency rooms, and urgent care locations. Provide both care teams with a copy of your advanced care directives and living will. Make a list of your emergency contacts and give them to friends and family neighbors. Finally, be a savvy snowbird. Savvy snowbirds can smoothly transition from state to state. Early research, planning, and organization can provide information your secondary team needs to establish care or maintain ongoing relationship. And here at the bottom of the article is a picture of the author who looks like she just swallowed something really sour. She's making a face that uh, does not, it's not the kind of face I would make if I had something tasty that I had just eaten. So one more article on house cleaning day, seniors stuck in Medicare advantage nightmare. Where have we heard that before? Also in the article designed to confuse us. The Medicare Advantage Network is designed to confuse us. This is in Newsweek. And I have seen the same subject matter addressed in several other articles written by different people. This is a major uh, growing source of uh, consternation. A growing number of Americans are finding insufficient coverage options or jaw-dropping medical bills after unknowingly signing up for Medicare Advantage. Today, more than half of seniors are enrolled in these 
privatized plans. The appeal is easy to understand when looking at the minimal or zero premiums and perks like dental care and gym memberships. However, some have found the darker side after signing up for their plans. If you want to go back to traditional Medicare, for instance, your options will be limited. You also might have to travel much further for health care and be stuck with a doctor that you don't want. And many of these things are not advertised to seniors when they pick up the Medicare Advantage marketers' calls. Some Americans might not even be aware of the differences between traditional Medicare and privately run Medicare Advantage, but one of the uh, one in five seniors reported issues getting care due to the pri- uh, reported problems, let's say, getting care, including uh, getting care due to the prior approval process that some or that almost all Medicare Advantage plans uh, use according to a recent study in retirement living. Another study found that half of all beneficiaries, that's Medicare participants, switched to a different plan after five years. Medicare Advantage plans remain controversial, but some American seniors complain of claims being denied when they see a doctor. Medicare Advantage turns sour with age. Retired Pharmacist Cheryl Moser, who lives in Blue Springs, Missouri, says she's seen it time and time again. While elderly patients generally enjoy their Medicare Advantage plans while healthy, it takes a turn for the worse when their health begins to decline. When their health declines and they need expensive care costing thousands of dollars, such as rehab following a hospital stay, we had denial after denial as being medically unnecessary, even though their doctor said it was necessary, uh, this Mosier woman said. While Mosier said seniors are occasionally able uh, to win their appeals, it took away precious time while they were ill. I tell every elderly person I know not to sign up for a Medicare Advantage plan, Mosier said. It is not worth the stress when you are ill and need care. All of the advertising on TV hooks people in. Yes, they may get free dental and a gym pass, but denial for expensive care is the real problem. And once you're in the government, uh, once you're in, once you're sucked into one of these Medicare Advantage plans, the government has rules that make it hard to get out of these plans. So then this uh, article launches into a description of Linda Munoz, a 70-year-old senior loan officer, who said she didn't realize until this December that she had an advantage plan. She's still working, but she has an advantage plan, maybe through her employer. She initially chose an Aetna advantage plan because it was the most affordable with the premium paid by the deduction she would otherwise pay to the Social Security Administration. I don't know what the hell that means. The representative I spoke with said that I would be covered for my minimal drug needs and some dental and some over-the-counter drugs. She told Newsweek, I'm a 70-year-old healthy individual, so the explanation seemed to fit my needs. However, after visiting her dermatologist, she found out she was limited to doctors contracted with Aetna. So she had an HMO, and they didn't tell her that she would be stuck with a small network of providers. So hundreds of dollars in bills were not covered, despite having $165 deducted from her Social Security payment every month. I am now in a situation where I have a plan that I have to fight for coverage with, but I'm very concerned about my future and being stuck in a program that may well turn out to be less coverage than I could have had, Um, especially presently being employed with my employer. 
Even when looking at other official information, it's easy to be led astray to make the wrong decision. The 200 page plus 200 plus page Medicare plan booklet hardly makes these decisions easier. Uh, she has a postgraduate degree and still found herself confused and deceived. In fact, it seems like the government is in league with the insurance companies to put together information that is absolutely designed to confuse the consumer. What hope does the senior have whose educational experience might be less and whose economic situation might be worse than mine is? How to protect yourself? Well, while these experiences show that Medicare Advantage plans are undoubtedly not the right choice for everyone, insurance companies still say there are some who will get exactly what they need from the plans and at a moderate price. Ernesto Habonetta, the IT director of California-based Medicare insurance agency Agent Pitstop, acknowledged that there are many predatory salespeople who will jump to have you join a plan that doesn't end up helping you in the long run. Still, there are precautions you can take to make falling into this trap less likely. The first thing anyone can do is to invite along a family member or a trusted friend to any appointments with the insurance agent. Uh, don't feel pressured to decide right away. Before you commit to anything, you should compare plans and find out if your doctors will remain in your network. And if you're unsure about some of the information you receive from the insurance agent, you can also call 1-800-MEDICARE for more assistance. Oh, boy, that sounds like a time killer. Uh, Aboneta also said that there is a big difference between captive insurance agents and independent agents as well, and that seniors should take note of this. A captive agent is the insurance agent who works directly for an insurance carrier. They have no incentive to compare options outside of their own company, which is different than an independent agent who can compare all the options available. In many cases, when a beneficiary calls into an insurance company to find information, they will be talked into enrolling. The open enrollment period lasts, the big one anyway, the one everybody talks about, lasts from October 15th to December 8th, but there is another enrollment period from January 1st to March 31st for anyone unhappy with their Medicare Advantage plan who wants to switch or revert back to original Medicare. So, Randy, I believe we have... Um, warned sufficiently everybody to stay away from Medicare Advantage plan. So I'm not going to pontificate on that subject anymore. Just say no. Exactly right. Exactly right. Oh my God, people. There's so many horror stories. I can't believe it that they're still allowed to sell this crap. But anyway, having, <laughs> having said that, we need to land the plane because we are out of our 75 cents worth of time. You can reach out to Doug at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. We would appreciate it if you'd check out the website, medicareforthelazyman.com. Drop a couple reviews for us. That'd be good, too, on the content that we produce because it always does us uh, wonders in the ratings, and we do want to be the best in the world. Last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us. You could have been a number of different places, and you weren't. You were here with us with Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And if you weren't checking your watch, it's been about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma, 
No more. He is up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. And today it's only 50. Well, what did you say? 50 degrees up there? I said I said 48, and it still says 48 on my computer. Okay, so I'm not going to worry about the oxygen. You're probably going to freeze to death first. So get out, get out your mucklucks and uh, you know, do the best you can. Hey, listen, I'm being entertained right now by the cleaning woman for the next door neighbors who just opened her back window of her SUV, pulled out her cleaning implements, and something dumped all over the ground. And she's having to pick up a whole lot of stuff. I don't even recognize what it is. It's some kind of cleaning stuff that I don't even use or recognize. But uh, I'll be watching that instead of going outside to play. So thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you, Randy, for uh, your uh, work on my podcast. We will be back again soon, and I hope you join us then. Bye-bye.